The, if I could only give one piece of advice to someone in my 20s, it would be that the greatest love story of your life is between you and every single version of who you are. And right now, you're the youngest version that you will ever be. And so tomorrow, you're going to discover versions of yourself that might look different than this version, but every version of who you are like lives within you and every single version of who you are kind of beat a lot of odds to be alive. Get to know that person because that person's pretty cool. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these two. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. Okay, first of all, your last name is Edmund, correct? No, so so glad you asked. My last name is Emond. It's very hard to pronounce because people- Is it spelled Edmund? Nope, so it's E-M-O-N-D. Um, like, oh, I just read it too quickly because Abby texted earlier and said, what's your last name? And I said, Edmund. Everybody well, does. Well, you're a kick out of this because Ashley yeah. was like, her last name's Edmund. I was like, okay, perfect, beautiful, stunning. And then the first thing I thought of was Narnia because like that kid's exactly. name is Edmund. Exactly, that's what I think of too. And then I'm- Turkish Delight. Yeah. And then we were talking about Turkish Delights for a while and I said, Abby, we're wasting so much time. We have to tell them what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yes, it's Catherine Emond. It sound, I always say that my last name is how you think you shouldn't say it. So Emond, like it sounds too like, Okay, yeah. but more known as XO Swimmer Girl XO. And thank you correct. so much for doing both XOs because yes, they are present in the name and that is what I am, my alter ego. So when you get on Monday, uh, Turkish Delights delivered to your apartment, cancel them because we sent those. Because <laughs> they're, not, they're not, not relatable anymore. You guys are so <laughs> cute. What the hell? No, I'm kidding. Anyway, okay. You guys are the cutest things. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So let's back it up. Let's intro you, sister. So... You are a big sister figure on TikTok. There's the big sister niche, I like to call it. And we are tapped in. We are logged in. We've had a few big sister-y type gals on this podcast, and it's our favorite types of conversations to have. So Catherine Emond, did I say it right this time? Totally, yes, yes. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) On TikTok, she's XO Swimmer Girl XO, and she has her own podcast, Dive In, which is really exciting. And she talks a lot about the human experience, full range of emotions, love, of course, which she's obsessed with, and just becoming your best self, your best, most happiest self. And from what I can tell, are you a Swifty? I am. I am. I actually would. What is? Yeah. Are you? Your favorite album. Oh, thank God. I was like, <laughs> are, do you guys not like Taylor Swift? Yeah. This is not going to go well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. We're here. Okay. Um. So this is, I can't make the joke because it's not a funny joke, but like asking me to pick between Taylor's albums is like me picking between my kids and I have no interest in running for president. Literally couldn't want a job less. I have ADHD. I can't coordinate. But if I was sworn in, it would be on her masters. With that said, I think Lover is my favorite album, which is my one okay. I most relate to now. What a shocker because you're obsessed I with love. love obsessed Lover. I love Yes, I love Lover. And I used to like, I'm really into sexy parts of reputation, but Lover is just, I think it's just so funny because it came out when I was in a relationship and I couldn't relate to it. And I just love it now. So Lover is severely underrated yes. mm-hmm. and I had bought the tickets for the tour and I don't think that's going to happen because everything's too backed up now. And I want <laughs> Lover tour. It's too. like my second favorite one. Yeah. yeah. Well, so glad to know that you're a fellow Swifty and we're so glad that you're on the podcast. So Thanks. thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to dive in <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> Sorry. They couldn't, they, they're not going to be able to hear that I did a finger gun. They're going to be like, why is she making weird noises? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> thank you. 
Finger guns in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kick things off with a heavy hitter. Was Exo Swimmer Girl Exo like your email address that you made when you were 11? Yeah. No. So uh, actually, fun. Yeah, you did. Actually, fun fact about me. All my facts are fun. Um, but. I, my first email ever was XO Swimmer Girl XO. Um, and then this past like 2021, I went, weird story. I went to New York City and I needed to access my Venmo account and I had gotten a new phone. And when you do that, for some reason, like it didn't snick, like it was supposed to be linked to Facebook, but it wasn't anymore. And I am locked out of XO Swimmer Girl XO at gmail.com. And in case you're wondering, Gmail does not Hello. care that I have the original phone. They're like, she's just an identity stealer. And so, yeah, that was my first email. And now I have to be, wow. there's a three in it now, which is funny. And yeah. so now you rebranded and you said, I'm going to take that and run with it on TikTok. Yes. Or did you start with a different name? And I did. So it? I did start with a different, so I don't need to be, I don't know if you heard that I had this. I did start with a different name, which was hilarious. And that is, um, this is my villain origin story. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't want to post on TikTok because I knew that like my mom and dad like didn't really love the app. The astrology podcast I was on was like, a Leo moon always needs attention. I'm like, I could have told you that. Yes. But Why I, am I not a Leo moon? I've always overshared my whole life. I don't think we could handle being at a table together at drinks or dinner. No, I think it could be <laughs> No one would get a word in it edgewise. Be, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> so I was originally, um, which I thought was very, I'm not good at names, Jess Mariano fan account. And the day I put it up, did you guys hear this? Because the day I put it up as my freaking username, I thought it was so fun. I didn't even post anything. This like, I was like, I got added, I guess. Like someone made a video and mentioned me. And it's this like 11 year old girl who's like, I can't believe someone took my name. Like Jess Mariano fan account. Like I, and I was like, oh my God, this is my worst nightmare. And then I was like, no, I DM'd her. And I was like, oh my God, I'm genuinely so sorry. I'm 25. Creepy thing to say to an 11 year old. I'm like, yeah. I don't want anyone who know who I am. Even creepier thing to say to her. Um, but you can have the name back and you, like you can only switch it once in 30 days. But yeah, that was my original account. And then at the, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, she's really nice. Got bullied out of it. Yeah. First of all, I want to know if she's allowed to even have TikTok if she's 11. Help. So I'm from Marblehead, Mass. Um, it's right by Salem, like the Salem Witch Trials, which I always say, but doesn't give you any semblance of what Marblehead's like. But yeah. yeah. Okay. But that's gives us an semblance of where it is on the map. Yes, so that's good. <laughs> like we did. We <laughs> could just start. Google it. We could just Google. Yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah. Um, but I'm not there now. I live in an apartment kind of like north of Boston for now. Okay. Very cool. Thanks. So when you first started on TikTok, um, did you go in sort of with a vision for what you wanted to do or were you kind of just having board. fun and then things kind of unfolded? And then when did the podcast come about to you? I just want a little backstory on that. Yeah. Great questions. You guys have awesome questions and I can just rant forever. So I'm sorry. I'll try and be, I'll try and be concise. Um, I started on TikTok because I mean, I had the app and I was using it a lot. And then I started posting originally because I have ADHD and I'm so tired of people saying it's like an excuse. Like people are like, oh, meh, and that's like dumb and wrong. So I was like, I made videos like reciting facts of ADHD, like a psychopath, like a psychopath and um, didn't love it. <laughs> Then never posted. And then I didn't take off. No, surprisingly, <laughs> me being like, hello, this is the, it was not great look. But then I went through like a heartbreak in the summer. Like I went through like my red relationship and mm -hmm. I deleted Snapchat because of that. And so I have always felt compelled to talk a lot and share. And I just got frustrated with the fact that when you share it to your friends, sometimes I feel like your friends are like, 
oh, like you're like, oh, I'm getting, I'm so sad about this guy. And they're like, what you need to do. And like, they give you mm-hmm. like steps and you're like, okay, uh, it's kind of making me feel like you're telling me it's my fault. So I just started saying the things I was too nervous to say in settings where people knew my name. And I didn't mm-hmm. ever think anything of it. I never used like hashtags and it resonated with people. And, and then now I'm here. Wow. Do you feel weird that you are gaining traction on TikTok and you went as a to it as a place to like vent and now I'm sure your friends and people you know follow you. So you guys are great interviewers. Um, yeah. It's a funny, like I've been talking about it recently and I said on my podcast too, like there's it's like a dichotomy and maybe I'm misusing that word between no, we love the dichotomy of man. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> we talk about that all okay, the time. Good, because I was like, I think that like I showed up at TikTok. TikTok and any social media is my most authentic self. Like I've never, I've never edited a video. I've never like, I've never done. See, that's unique too. That's actually the opposite of what you mostly hear. Really? That's so cool. I mean, people, well, social media, if you think about it in general, especially where we started, it's all kind of like a facade, like what we want the world to see of us, but it's really hard to be authentic on Instagram. It's much easier to be on TikTok, which is why I think it's also just such taken over entirely the social media. So I appreciate, yeah. you know what? And so that question's great because it comes in waves. Sometimes I, so to start off, I'm from Marblehead Mass. I share a lot of myself online and people always have like comments about it and they'll be like, oh, Catherine broke up with her ex. Like I've been treated <laughs> like I have a following when I don't because if you're from a town of 200 people like everyone's ingrained in your life big fish small pond I'm familiar with that dynamic so on TikTok I felt like this is going to different people I also weird about me signed up for TikTok just with my phone number not my Instagram nothing like I didn't connected to any handle I didn't tell anyone about it so this summer when it was gaining traction people would be like look who's on my for you page and it'd be like a picture of me and I was like that's me and they're like, you make TikToks? And I'm like, yep. So obviously, because no one stole my face. Like, have you? I, I'm talking. So I'm not. But why is it easier to do that? Why is it easier to talk to a room full of strangers, right. seemingly, the internet, than it is to your own best friends? Because I also have an easy time when I make TikToks, like not getting embarrassed, if you will, because I'm like, oh, no one I know will see this. Tons of people I know no, will see it, but it doesn't go that way. The app literally This is does a not. deviation that we should not go down, but Abby does voices too. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Let's talk in voices purely this entire <laughs> episode and see how many people get out of the. <laughs> no, I literally love it. But I think like to answer your question shortly, I think it's funny that people like I become aware of myself when more people find my stuff and then I feel myself getting quieter. And I think it just pressure like it pushes me to work through like I should just show up as my most authentic self and just assume people are watching. But it is funny because some people be like, what's your analytics? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I can't like look at them because it will send me. Like that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. When I reached out to you, I said, hey, Catherine and team. And you said like, what team? No, it's just, (laughs) no, this is what team Wildcats. This girl, I am a one-stop shop. (laughs) The amount of brands who've emailed me and like, I'm like brands. People have emailed me. I just don't answer. And I was talking to my boyfriend about it and he was like, what? And I'm like, well, I don't really use their product. And like, I don't want to like talk about using their product. And he's like, yeah, but like you haven't even like tried to negotiate with them. I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, like at some point, like maybe you should. He's like, so back. can I be your assistant? Or, <laughs> right, no. but yeah. Anyway, it's weird. Yeah, I'm my team. I don't have another team. Just, just me. <laughs> maybe I should. Well, have Ashley one. and I are a tag team. I love duo, that. I think so. it's professional. Yeah, I'm like the dance mom, and she is the dance child. Um, <laughs> yes. Correct. So you mentioned your friends, kind of. I, I don't know if judging is the right word, but just like giving you right feedback word. on, yeah. okay. you mentioned your friends judging you. So I want to flip the script a little bit and talk about from your standpoint advice 
on if you have a friend that you adore, you guys are best friends, and you feel like they're making a mistake, mm-hmm. or when they're in a relationship that you don't see, think is right mm-hmm. for them, and you're their best mm-hmm. friend, so you think you know best. Yeah. What is your advice for all of that? You don't. Is that something that absolutely everyone? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to <laughs> everyone can relate to. Yeah, everybody can relate to. What do you do if you just feel like? You kind of want to steer them in a different direction, or should you? Or yeah, they're asking you for advice. You don't want to be too mean. No, great, great, great question. So I was. It's kind of something I love. I was talking to my boyfriend about this recently. I think that in life we're presented with all these obstacles to like teach us to love each other, like everyone, which is like kind of like a weird. Like I kind of speak like I'm talking. I think I'm part of a cult, and I don't think I am. So like I'm really sorry that I'm like the one science. It's like Scientology, but like no. I think that the thing is that we have to remind ourselves, it's hard to remind ourselves is you don't know better than your friend and you cannot steer your friend. Your friend is in a relationship. You see just like Instagram, like I talked about this on my podcast kind of recently and it's been something I've been fascinated by. You only hear the high level info about your friend. They only, they tell you, oh my God, like the cream of the crop of what's happened to them. And as much as you love them, even if you don't, you're like, I see them and they're upset or they're crying over this guy or they're always stressed. Like, I feel like the kindest thing, or especially because like my whole life with ADHD, I've come across really young. The kindest thing people do to me is like, remind me that they trust me to make my own decisions. Like you're your own person. No one knows you like you. And like when I got into my red relationship or whatever, like we were never going to work out. We weren't supposed to, but surprisingly, Mm -hmm. every single person who was like, that's too fast too soon, like surprisingly up, just went fast and thought they hated me. I also think that's like a hard thing because it's awkward when you love somebody and you think you're make, they're making a decision that you wouldn't make. I think it takes, it A, you have every, that's like, it's just an opportunity to notice boundaries and to notice what people, you can only stay true to yourself. And so if somebody's making you feel tired, knowing that and like kind of communicating that effectively is hard and it's different for everyone. But um, yeah, I think your friend is never going to deal with everything like you because you are you. And so implicitly what you find fun, they are not like what you're looking for. It can't exactly be what they are or like we'd be fighting for the same thing. This is not the bachelor, you know? Sorry. Right. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Sorry. That was so good. Okay, and <laughs> there's so many other things I want to talk about. Okay. But there's so much to unpack right there. You want our platform? You want it? It's yours. No, you're so kind. <laughs> Hand the mics over, unplug the computers. <laughs> we are done here. I'm washing my hands of this. <laughs> You're so kind. You're literally. And I feel. Hey, okay. What about if your friend comes to you and they maybe want to hear a truth that you're you might come across as too harsh? Should you always go easier than necessary? Great question. Or should you be brutally honest with a best friend if they're asking you for advice? Because I believe you do have a hot take that tough love is not necessary. (laughs) It's not good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's true. Sprinkle that in there too. So here's my take (laughs) on tough love. If you have to preface something to be like, sis, I love you, keep it to your fucking self. Like if you don't like me respectfully, don't tell me. Like I've been toying with the idea. Ignorance is bliss. I firmly believe that. And I'll say it on your pod. I'm like exclusive deal, but I'm going to be moving to, (laughs) no really though, but I'm going to be moving. I'm from the East Coast and I'm going to be moving to California for the summer, for like periods of time, because I'm taking the summer off of my MBA. And I just, you want to know along with many things, I am tired of the culture of people being like, East Coast, we're built different. I'm like, so you're all assholes? Like, if you don't like me, just be kind enough to not tell me. I think sometimes do like doing the kindest thing is sometimes hard. Maybe if you have, it depends on what your friend's asking you, like to be brutally honest. But at the end of the day, you, you no one knows the future. None of us are oracles. So like you saying like, just letting you know, he's always going to make you feel, you don't know that. Like someone can exhibit behaviors that fit X, Y, Z. 
You don't know what's going to happen to your friend. You don't know what's going to happen to any of us. You just know that you have right now. And so right now, if a friend comes to you in a place of need, I think find a way to meet them with kindness. And if you want to do that weird Pavlov's dog thing, you should reward vulnerability. Like you, you should make Bring your friends, that bell, girl. You Bring know? that bell. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like you go to your friend and you're like, oh my God, I'm so sad. And they, they're like, well... So glad you asked because I think you're asking to feel sad. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with you? Like, could you just say like, I love you and it's going to be okay? I feel like too many people try to approach vulnerability with answers and solutions because a lot of people are solution minded, but sometimes we've lost the art of just simply listening. I know that I'm guilty of this a lot too, because I'm one of those people that likes to fix, that likes to provide. I'm sorry, Ashley. You <laughs> love A to Z list yes. instead of just sitting there and being sad. No, I'm a cancer. Oh my gosh, I knew it. Okay, never mind. I cry this a lot. Let's move to your next question. Okay, I'm a Taurus. Anywho. Anywho, moving on. So the point is, it's something that I'm working on and it's something that I notice some people either innately have this skill of listening and just being an ear or they don't because some people like my boyfriend, for example, very solutions driven, very logistical. And whenever I try to come to him to vent about any type of problem, it's always like, well, I'm going to tell you what to do, even if I don't ask for it. So I think we should all as friends, as relationship people with our parents, whatever relationship we're talking about, we should practice saying like when someone comes to you do you want solutions do you want to talk through it or do you just want me to listen because sometimes just listening is is the comfort that they need and I think that gets misconstrued yes I agree and okay I agree with this and I also have realized recently my boyfriend also like the other day was like I'm solutions oriented I'm like we get it like you work in excel congrats sir but like (laughs) I think like we had like a good talk about this recently I think in general my newest like thing I'm on is that we all feel uncomfortable being like with uncomfortable emotions. And so I think that like seeing your friend in pain makes you uncomfortable. And so it's instinctual to try and get them out of that pain, but you can't like, you can't, it's just going to pass, you know? Cause if you could get them out of it, then that means you weren't like that they asked to be in it in the first place. And I don't think that's true, but yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot on your platforms too, about the full spectrum of emotions and the human capacity, the human experience and how we do need to feel all of the emotions, including the uncomfortable ones, the anger, the fear, the sadness, the ones that we don't like to talk about, the ones we don't like to show. And I think that's really beautiful and important. And as a cancer, like I (laughs) said earlier, I sure am no stranger to the full spectrum of emotions. Let me tell you, there's usually a period of time where I will literally cry once a day, you know, small tears, Uh like happy tears, sad tears, really anything, nostalgia. Um, so touch on that, elaborate on the full spectrum of emotion, why you think things are, are not, we're not leaning towards that in our generation anyway. Nobody's leaning and we're all leaning out. Yeah. I think we're trying to lean out. I just think you can't run away from them. It's funny. So I'm a Taurus and one of my best friends, I'm a Taurus sun, Taurus rising. And one of my best friends is a cancer. All, if our friend group, these aren't the judgy or they have never judged me. These people that I met. These are the cool ones. No, right. Well, they're the ones who like (laughs) met me when I knew myself more. And I think there's something to be said about people who know you before you know yourself. It's like an adjustment for them when you like, I want to circle back already. My best friend who's a cancer, it's me and her. So it's, by the way, our friend group, our friend group is two Tori, uh, two Capricorns, a Virgo and a Cancer. We're just like so clean and so I don't so know what orderly. any of this means, but I want to know more about it. But anywho, she, we went to like lunch the other day and we were talking about good news and all of a sudden I look over and she's crying and I'm like, uh, like I'm protecting her. I'm like, don't see her. She's like happy crying. And I'm like, what are you doing? But, um, I don't think we can run away from, it was very Cancer of her. It was like, so cute. I don't think mm-hmm. we can run away from emotions. And I think that 
I grew up thinking that way and thinking like very orderly. And I just think that it's never benefited me. And like, it's just, stu- if you pull the string, like why would anyone ever choose to be miserable? They wouldn't. And that's like disarming to think about that your emotions just come and go, but they do. And so hating something that you have no control over just seems like a waste of energy. Or at least that's what I've told myself recently. <laughs> There's a lot of verbiage out there. The self-help, the mental health yeah. epidemic, it whatever is. we're yeah. calling yeah. it. Yeah. And people are saying that we do have control over our emotions, which I think is false because I don't think we have control over our emotions, but we do have control over how we handle them, how we process them, how we work through them. Yeah. But I think there's this false idea out there that, no, we can choose our own thoughts and our emotions and how we feel. And it's like, no, that's actually called being a robot. And what we are is human. Yeah, that's wildly minimizing to so many people who, and like the thing is, and I like to make it clear too, I call it this type of pep. I hate, I hate so much the like coaching world. I'm like, get away from me. I don't deal well with coaches. I have ADHD. Like I need to be left alone in general. And some people are like, and I'm not trying to- Shower thoughts only. Literally. But like- I, and I'm not, I'm not a therapist. I just go to therapy and any licensed therapist that I've spoken to has been like, like, like how we're speaking. They're like, you can't change emotions like they're whatever. And then it's just always these people online and they're like, I don't know, I'm going to sound rude, but they're like, when I was dealing with my fearful, avoidant square circle of narcissistic X, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this has become a math problem. And it's, yeah. it's sad and interesting to me how much people will, so how much effort everybody is putting into avoiding feeling how they're feeling. And it just, and how at the end of the day, like we still feel that way, you know? Well, we like to put things yeah. in boxes and categorize things because that's how we move through the world. And that's the only way or else everything's too chaotic. So I understand why they're trying to put a label on it and put put things in boxes because it's easier to understand and break down. But it's very true. It is very minimizing of the human experience. It's too, it's, we'll never understand it fully. No. And it feels distancing. Like if, and like that's, I'm not trying to, I have luckily never been in a relationship with a narcissist. I've never, I think that we kind of throw sometimes words around a lot. And as someone, I think it could be very damaging for people who have been, but I think it's a lot easier to say I was in my red relationship than saying I had a situationship with a guy that I was really into, but was like, like explaining it. Mm -hmm. I think wording verbiage can be good for shorthand, but sometimes we also use that to distance ourselves. And then when someone's in that sad place and they're talking to you, they feel like an idiot because they're like, oh, well, that girl had one thing and she was never sad about it and I'm sad about it. So there's something wrong with me. And there isn't, if that makes sense. Might not. I'm sorry. I think it will when I process this yeah, 20 minutes I'm sorry. from now. <laughs> You're like, it will if she like, Abby's going to go journal after this. <laughs> I'm feeling so introspective today. I love this that. Is good. I love that. She, yeah, she was like, I might cry on this episode. Uh, oh my God. I want to talk really quick, uh, hit on uh, how you said there's something to be said about the people that you befriend when you're still growing up and figuring out who you are and then the friends that you make when you have a better sense of who mm-hmm. you are. This is so pertinent to people in our audience who are in your 20s really? because we're like right there in the middle, I think. We're right yeah. in between. I mean, everyone has their own different journey. But, but you're right. No. We're in that, that, that season. Yeah, I'm about to be. So I was just age shamed. So fun fact, my boy, <laughs> my boyfriend and I are both born in 1995. My birthday is May 8th. His is May 16th. And so, but because he's from California and went to like, I don't know, I'm like outing him on this podcast. He was a grade below me. And the other day he told me that and it's really not sat well with me because I feel elderly. And he's like, you're in your late 20s. I'm like, so are you? Like, we're both in our late 20s. And so I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Yeah, in your early 20s. Okay, I think sometimes it's funny because people only see, if you like pull out that metaphor, people only see the high level of what you share with them. So when you're 
in the fourth grade, fifth grade, when you're really developing into who you are, people only know the version of you that you think that you are at that time. And so as you get older, and especially as like social media evolves, we are a have more access to people like us. Like if I had access to an ADHD community when I was diagnosed, I would probably be a little different than I am now. I'd feel more maybe accepted, but whatever. Um, And people feel more comfortable expressing themselves. And so you realize these people who have known versions of you, it's not, I hate this word change. And so it's not change. Everybody's like a coloring book in my mind and they're just coloring in different shades. Like they didn't realize you were like this because you haven't changed. I like to think that every year you become more and more yourself. And so your friends that you had when you were nine love nine-year-old you and nine-year-old you still exists in you, but now you're not nine. And so not nine-year-old. It's kind of like the Enneagram, how there's nine types, but we all have all nine types within us, but we just show and, um, you know, produce one type the most. Yeah. But we all, we're, we're dynamic beings. We have different angles to us. We're like Shrek. We have layers like onions. We are. And we got to peel them back. We do. And I think that like, but about the friends, I, I used to be really toxic about this and I used to say a lot of toxic things when I was younger. Two things have stuck with me recently. One, Tink said recently, I saw somewhere I love her, that like she hopes to be wrong next year and something about like every year you should be learning and like looking at old her. I was like, thank you, Tinks. Um, Like writing that down in my vision board. Like everything she does, I'm like, you're incredible. But that's really brought me a lot of peace. And also that like when I was younger, I used to be like, I, if I was dating, I'd be like, if he doesn't, if a girl doesn't have any friends from childhood, she's probably a bad friend. And then I realized how much of my friendships am I weighing? Like, I just want it. Like, it's just interesting to look at things that ebb and flow in your life. Some periods of life, you will be farther from your friends physically or mentally. It doesn't mean you don't love them. The relationship just adjusts and that's okay. And sometimes I think we're so obsessed with the idea of something that when we have it, we realize we might like the idea of it more than it. And that's still okay. It doesn't make us like bad people. Like we might like saying, oh, I have a high school friend and we're really close. And like, you're not <laughs> right now. Doesn't mean you never had them. It doesn't yeah. mean that they're wastes of space. They just aren't in your current chapter of life, you know? And that's okay. This is just so good. Let's unpack a little bit of what you just said. Um, liking the idea of something more than the actual thing once you're in it. And you, the only way to know it is once you're actually in it. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be vulnerable because vulnerability is so important on this podcast. I feel as though I do this a lot in my romantic relationships. I am the type of person who can see the best in anyone and I can paint whatever picture I want to see in whatever time, which is a, it's a blessing and a curse because I'm painting a beautiful life in my head, but I sometimes lose track of reality until I'm fully in it. And then I can take a step back, get some perspective and be like, did I just build this whole idea up in my head? Where are we at now? Like what's going on? What have I gotten myself into? Ashley can attest. I love It's interesting, but what, do you have any like advice? Have you been the similar way or had friends in a similar way? Don't you worry. Don't, I gotcha. No, same Please. way. I <laughs> love how you're honest about this because I'm so sorry. No, honestly, I'd love to come back. This is so fun. I, cause this is like the stuff I love to think about. A, I love that you shared that. B, I love that you shared it because I think no one says it. And so then sometimes you'll go on TikTok and you'll hear somebody be like, like in the idea you had of me, who was she? Taylor's so exciting that I'm like, okay, so Taylor, I don't know how to tell you this, but I kind of do that. I think it's natural. No, I love how it's always like oh, also her. that audio is trending and people are like, tell, like, show me a man who can explain this lyric and like no man can <laughs> yeah, do no, it. Like, can, they can't unpack that. No, can't. Okay. Sidebar. I, I told my boyfriend the other day, there's a theory. I believe that men don't listen to lyrics as long as they listen to the sounds. And he, we're like listening to music together. And he's like, eh. I'm like, you don't, 
wait, you don't know the bridge. They don't sing along because there's no, no. lyrics. <laughs> but okay, on the idea, I think it's so smart. So two things I thought of recently. One of them is like, it's important to think if you're thinking of a monogamous relationship, I am too jealous and too self-obsessed to ever think of a relationship for myself, not between two people. Because I just could, I do not have the capacity to do that. There are two people in it. And so if you want to build a relationship with somebody, I think it's natural to think, okay, I want X amount of insight. And if they don't give you a lot, it's normal that you talk, you like think about it. You're like, you fill in the gaps. Yeah. And so them filling in the gaps, the idea of them, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking the idea of somebody because every single person I've ever fallen for in my entire life, I've liked the idea of them more than them. Maybe two men. I like the, for two men I've ever loved, like my current boyfriend and my high school boyfriend, I have, they're the only people that I like. I've ever loved them more than the ideas of them. And I think that that's okay. Like you can't pick how you feel. So you can't pick what mm -hmm. you're doing. And I don't know. I do think sometimes we like the, I mean, liking the idea of something just says that you have a really cool and loving imagination and seeing the best in somebody is not a bad thing in any capacity. Speaking sorry, of comforting. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Abby's like, her hands quaking. I'm sorry. I'm like looking off because I'm like, I have ADHD and my Adderall hasn't like kicked in. So I'm like bad at making eye contact. I hope you guys aren't getting mad. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the idea of someone, I want to hit on kind of trying to get over someone that you never seriously dated. So you built up this entire thing in your head. He's my husband because of X, Ugh. Y, and Z. And that idea was never brought down to reality because you never actually dated them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe someone that you had a like fling with, you were like spending the summer in California or mm -hmm. you were on vacation and you met someone. How do you kind of get past that idea? I think you don't need to get past it. I think you need to see it for what it is. And I think like sometimes, and this is why like I think one time I talked to a boy who said, I think too much. And I was like, that's the kindest way of saying you're an idiot. Like that's the literal kindest way of telling me that you are incapable of doing any thinking. I think all the time. Ideas of somebody don't die because you created them. Like if you pull that, and this is when I start telling like I'm part of a cult and I'm sorry, but like if you pull this string, I'm literally like welcome to sign it. Like I'm not, I promise. But if your idea of somebody can't die because it's something you created. And so letting go of the hope that somebody can live up to that sucks especially because yeah. you didn't have enough it's usually I think I think there's a different type of pain when it hasn't been long enough to have spent five years and knowing with a hundred percent certainty they're not for you because you think maybe they could be it's still that what if it's still yeah. that it's up in the air and there's never going to be closure about it that's the hard part is yeah. the closure there was no open of the door and there was no official closing of the door it was just all this middle situationship that our people in our generation keep finding ourselves in all the time yeah but I think which is I think this can be used so I used to talk like this on TikTok and then I worried a bit so I'm glad I'm here because sometimes you talk this way and men like it. And I make myself very clear. Men are literally never welcome on my page unless they are gay. Like I don't want any straight man on my page in any capacity. Like this is not a safe space for you. But I think the only real closure is when we die. It's sorry to get dark. And even that people are arguing about so much that there are multiple religions that are like, this is what I think happens. I think parts of our chapters close, but I don't think of anything as final. And I think that when, maybe this is just through me and my experience. Anytime I've ever wanted closure, I just wanted an excuse to talk to my ex. My high school boyfriend mm -hmm. and I had so many closure convos and I was like, how is your cousin doing? And he's like, good. How's your brother? And I'm like, this doesn't really feel like closure. It feels kind of like <laughs> I want to date you. So <laughs> I think if you think about that though, and if people are more honest about that, you realize it's normal to have feelings of grief for somebody who's alive, sometimes it's the hardest thing or very difficult because you feel as though grief in general is hard to talk about if someone had passed away. And if they haven't passed away and you're grieving the hope of something, 
that sucks. And you're embarrassed to share it because most of the time in our generation, we we make fun of you. People are like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, don't talk about him again. And then you're like, well, the problem is I can't stop thinking about him. So what am I yeah. going to do? Mull on it. Just part the of The issue you know? is if I don't talk about him, I don't talk about anything at all. <laughs> the issue is people are like, do you, like people would come over, like when I was getting over my high school boyfriend, they're like, do you want to, I'm like, I want to do nothing. Like I want to, and I don't even like getting over. It's just, it's a love and a part of your life that will always exist within you because you experienced it. And, you know, sometimes life is really uncomfortable and there's no quick fix to get out of it. And that makes us uncomfortable. And I think that's why people put names and they're like situationships, this is how to avoid it because the thought that you can't avoid some pain is kind of scary, but it's, I think just kind of how things are, you know? And so it's not your fault if you feel them just sucks for a little. It's never our fault if we feel things. No. That's kind of what I'm pulling from yeah. this entire yeah. conversation. Yeah, I know. I'm like mulling over everything. No, yeah. Like it, oh. there, it isn't though. It's just not because I'm sorry. Not to, I just, the thing I'll say is when you see someone so heartbroken over a situationship and they're wrecked over it and they're like, I don't know if he's going to text me back and they're in that state. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about it objectively, why would you ever pick to be there? You wouldn't. So like sometimes people just end up there for a period of time and they're going to get out of it quicker by being like, this is where I am and I didn't pick to be here and this sucks. But it's then someone being like, so I know you're down right now and good luck. I'm just saying if you listened to me a month ago and stopped talking to him, like I said, I told you so. I did tell you so. And it's like, oh my gosh, thanks. This is so much more comforting. I'm so glad that now I'm sad and I feel like an idiot, like as if I was feeling (laughs) smart already. Sorry. I like to categorize myself as a bit of a serial dater, if you will, or a serial monogamous because like you, I love love. Yeah. I love it. I love being in love, falling in love. Just, I'm also just naturally curious about people in general. And I love getting to know people's stories and getting to know them on an intimate level and usually when that happens with members of the opposite sex feelings get confusing you're like do I feel romantically towards you or do I just really like you as a human being but that might just be me thing that's the most cancer thing I've ever heard in my life you're like yeah (laughs) literally every living breathing human male I've ever like deeply interacted with I'm like Am I in love with you? <laughs> are we gonna Are we gonna kiss right now? They, like, they probably right? want to. They really want to because they're like, I feel safe, experience my emotion because it's like that cancer energy is so strong. Anyway, yes, totally. Well, also another thing is that men, like, whenever they actually do open up and be vulnerable, when like women are asking them those thought-provoking conversations yeah. that they don't have with each other, then they're like, "Am I in love with you?" Because now I'm opening up to you, and like it just gets confusing yeah. for people. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> All of that aside to say, I'm a serial monogamist and I feel like I have become more grateful for my past heartbreaks than anything because I feel like I actually am in the process of learning through them versus a lot of people that I see throughout life, just friends and guys too, especially I feel like more common in guys, but just not allowing yourself to feel anything or not allowing yourself to fully give yourself over to someone. And then it's like, it's almost like you're a few steps behind in the relationship wheel because as we grow older, eventually, if we do want to get married, we're going to have to experience some heartbreaks before that happens. We're going to need to go through the ringer to really be able to know like what I should be feeling and like, you know what I'm saying? I so I'm like kind of grateful for my past heartbreaks. I love that you say that you're serial monogamous and I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't, no, okay. don't want to say it. You said no, it. I was like, no, because I want to say that I like this. Like if there's one thing that is most important to me, if I have like anything to sum everything up, which sounds so doctor, isn't Dr. Seuss, it was very programmatic, so I don't want to talk about him, but everybody's different and I'm so tired of us forgetting it. Like we all go through dating and some, and I could not love more that you said that. I've dated with my small town. I've had like three long-term boyfriends. I've loved two men in my life. My current boyfriend, I love completely. And I love my high school boyfriend. I didn't know that. What? 
I said, hear that, bud? Yeah, yeah, no, right? I'm like, the middle ones, I'm like, you don't matter. But because I like have existed in like a small town, people have said that and they used to bully me for it. They'd be like, there's Catherine. I remember something like, there's Catherine again, has a boyfriend. I'm like, yep. Like there's- like the Taylor Swift of your town. Yeah. Like, no, people fully make fun of me. And I just, I used to be so ashamed of it. And then I'm just like, shut up. Like everyone has their own path in life. And I keep saying it. And it's this stuff I used to say to myself when I was bullied when I was younger and still as an adult that I'm like, if we all had the same path, life would be really boring. And so I think you can be- Oh, it would be so boring right? and so predictable. It would. Too. And so you could serially date and you think you're getting to know people and you probably are. I know I was dating a lot and everybody kept telling me like, people were like, you need to, I hate when people like focus on yourself. I'm like, why don't you focus on yourself? I seem very compelling to you. Like, leave me alone. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think I was, but I felt like I, I noticed a lot looking back too. And I think in that time I was escape, I was using the dating game to like escape hanging out with myself, I guess. And it's funny that the minute I stopped doing that, I met like the love of my life, but I think it's good. And I don't think dating should be something we should all be ashamed of. It's hard enough already. And everyone's just putting rules that are stupid. So I'm, pr- I'm proud it's of you. I'm never ready with everyone like throwing their opinions around about your personal journey. Literally. No, I know. Right. But you're like, I'm a serial I'm monogamous and people would like, I'm so proud that you said that because I hate yeah. when people are like, Oh, you're dating. I say it with my chest. I know what I am. You should. (laughs) And you're like, and that's me. And you're carrying a cart around. That's you. Card carrying monogamous. And it's like, I'm glad that you seem to surround yourself with friends who laugh and like laugh with you. Because I felt like a lot of times growing up, my, I was different than my friends, which is interesting to say because I'm like, uh, like a straight white blonde girl. So like I fit many boxes, but I found a way to not fit in. And I was, I just always felt like a weirdo. And people used to be like, well, she dates a lot. Or, oh, well, she's always... Do they only whisper in your town? I notice that you tend to whisper. <laughs> well, no, thank you. When reference to the town, yeah. Yeah, so like, that's my Marblehead voice. So thank you. So like, I do name them now. No, but they're like, they would just give, they would just whisper so much about me and be like, oh my God, she loves boys. And at some point I was like, so? Like, Jesus, it's just who I am. Like some people are just really into boys from birth, such as me and sounds like you. And some people just aren't. And like, that's our personality. Yeah. And I'm like, what about literally, I just like the self-acceptance. Like, it's really impressive to me, especially at like both of you. You're younger than me's age, correct? Both of you are young. You're youth. Correct. We're 23. 23. Oh my gosh, so old for adult so twins. young. We were born on the same day. We were adult twins. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? No, that was a joke. Sometimes when our friends will like match the lake or something, if we're like wearing the similar outfit, we'll be like, oh, look, we look like adult twins. Tell around a lot. One of our best friends told us we were insufferable together once. For some context, also, Abby's like, what? Are you pushing 5'11 or not? Yeah. And I'm 5'4. I'm 5'2. Okay, so that helps to even some stuff out. We should start telling, we should start every intro, actually, Abby, with the guest or with our heights, just to give a better picture. Just so we know, what's everyone's height? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so much. That's so funny. Also, yeah, my two of my friends who are adults are actual twins and they look as similar as you two look because like, they're not identical. Oh. So I was like, we, oh. we don't, we've never been wearing glasses and we both have dark hair and I feel like we could be cousins, could we And not? we bounce off of each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, speaking of... A different form of relationship and kind of going back to, I liked a lot the people know you at a different part in your life and they love that version of you and coloring the parts of the coloring book, filling in the missing gaps as you grow older. With your mother, as you get older and your relationship kind of changes with your mom, I watched a TikTok where you spoke on this and your relationship ebbs and flows. And maybe when you were little, you guys could barely be in the same room and now it's better or it's vice versa or it's always been Gilmore Girls or it's always been like Lorelai and Emily. Heart like, palpitations. Abby's like, <laughs> is through the roof right now. Her heart is beating fast. 
How can you speak on relationships with your mom? My like, mom, especially or in as you become a woman in general. Well, you can talk about because yours. If I you was want, gonna laugh. in general. Okay, good and bad, and like as you also become a woman, the bad and the ugly, the good, the bad, the ugly. Categorize yourself in one of them with your mother. Um, kind of like get onto that a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to hear. So, thank you for asking this. There's a lot of facial expressions. We should start recording you more. Um, but there's a lot of facial expressions. On <laughs> I was yeah. like, when like, I brought that one up. Go, I don't know if this is too much of a question. So your mom. So my mom and I, I would consider our best friend. Well, no, this is what I would say, to be honest. Um, my mom and I are very close. I'm very lucky that we are. I'm lucky to have her. And I think the, I think in a nutshell, the relationship between a mother and a daughter is like the most complex. And it's fully biased because I am a daughter. It is the most complex relationship that any woman has in their life. And why do you think that is? I think it's because, and honestly, I think it's because I've been thinking a lot recently. It's like, we get it. You think your, your parents <laughs> love you so much. And I think having a baby and then caring for it for nine months or if you, and I don't know, so maybe it could be different if you like, if you, your mom, depending on how you and your mom became mother and daughter it's like watching your heart walk away from you. And I think sometimes I'm going to cry. <laughs> sorry. Well, I will want to say, I do want to say, so but it's true. And I think so at first I'll say, I remember seeing Lady Bird in the theaters with my mother and we were inconsolable. Oh, totally. Every <laughs> mother, film. right? You have to see it. I, a boy told me once, he's like, oh, I like that film. I'm like, shut up. This is not for you. You don't get it. You do not get it. Part where the mom, I don't know, I haven't seen it in a few years, but the mom is like, we're always fighting. And she's like, no, like that's, we we are best friends. We hang out. No. And the mom just sees it so differently than the daughter does. And when she's <laughs> crying and she like doesn't drop her, I'm going to start crying. When she doesn't drop her at the airport and then they're both driving back and she's taking, I'm going to literally cry on your podcast. I, Please do. I, I think like out. the thing with moms is like, they have a connection to you and there's nothing like that love. And so I think love and fear dance a lot. And so I think if your mom sees a lot of herself in you, as you get older and you are your mom and your dad. So you're also your mom, like biologically, your mom and a man who, right, we all know that. So you're not fully, you're not fully her. Used to me. Right? But like, it's scary because like you make different choices and your mom knows at this stage of life, if she's happy, she's like, I've made these choices and I'm happy. So I don't understand if Ashley's going to do this she's not gonna be happy. And all I want is for her to be happy and safe. And I think yeah. that like need is what messes up a lot of relationships because as we get older and we interact in the world, our parents get more nervous that they can't protect us from pain. But I don't think the, the point on earth is to protect people from experiencing pain. It's to give them enough love to let them know that they deserve to be here and that they can handle everything on their own. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's probably why, but sorry. Yeah. A few of those things that you said resonated with me specifically because my mom has quite literally said that I am her heart walking outside of her body before. That's how my mom talks to me. Yeah. And it's very like our relationship is beyond complicated, I would say. But overall, I mean, it's pretty good compared to a lot of relationships. But it's just so interesting. And my mom also said that when she raised my brother, it was like all fine and dandy because it was a boy and boys are quote unquote easier, especially when they're young or whatever. And then when she had a girl, she was like, what do I do with this child? Because then it's now a reflection of her. And that when I was growing up, she was working through a lot of her past traumas and relationships with her mom even, and then through me. So it's just a very interesting dynamic, all of it. And I can't even imagine if I become a mother, like what that whole string of emotions is going to be like. Imagine if you have a daughter like. with <laughs> it, is, it really is such an interesting dynamic and it is ever-changing. Do you remember that TikTok I sent you, Abby? Because everyone goes through a phase, whether you're nine or 20, where you're mean to your mom. 
everyone like goes through that phase where you are just like don't get along yeah that tiktok abby where it was like the daughter and the father like are kind of like mean to the mom and like make like try to treat her as less than like she just like kind of takes care of everyone and then the daughter grows up to become the mom and realizes like i saw that on my for you page i know exactly what yeah they like roll their eyes when the mom talks they have like this little bond like two weeks ago again literally two weeks ago i saw this on my for you page i know exactly what you're talking about and that like resonated a lot with me that's all yeah that really was eye-opening that was eye-opening for me too and i think like so in short i think the best thing we can do in the world is to continue to be vulnerable and share this stuff and i'm so proud of like your generation which is now making me feel so elderly that you, like, you keep acting like you're you're a you're different generations we are but we have best friends that are like t- turning 25 this year so we're that's still making me so sad and i just i'm just saying every generation gets smarter and like you guys are so intelligent and i think that most of the time at least maybe this is fully because everyone's projecting i have been saddest when i feel most alone and feelings when you feel most alone are because you haven't heard anyone talk about them so if you're at a part in your life where it's difficult with your mom and you've never heard anyone say anything about it it's very easy for you to think that there's something wrong with you so i think that Mm -hmm. the fact you guys talk about this stuff and that the best thing you can do like some of my best friends i've met two of my best friends on tiktok um with more than two like three or four but we were in a group chat and um we'll call it four now because you got ashley and i it's It's not four it's five (laughs) abby we're not conjoined we're not conjoined twins you are no but like talking about that talking about that makes you feel like human like you know like you should be able to say like that made me sad there's nothing wrong have you. you seen i think this would really resonate with you and if you haven't seen it yet watch it this week and then text us um the movie about time great so the thing about me is um and this is a fun fact i know i can't sit in a movie and i know it's gonna make me cry and so i'm still uncomfortable crying and so i'm so good even with- if you watch it alone if there's one movie you should take or one thing you should take away from anything that you've heard this entire <laughs> week is that you should watch you and now it's time to take something from us <laughs> you should watch this movie this movie is the one movie i'll suggest to anyone okay. it changes your outlook on life it's a good pick-me-up if you feel like you need a readjustment in life it's like the chiropractor it's movie. not that heavy and it's not it's i mean it's a deep movie there's a lot of metaphors and the end the ending is is just so good but overall it's very enjoyable watch yeah okay i'm gonna give it you've got to watch in it. terms of being honest to be casually cruel in the name of being honest i will give it a good mole over if i watch it i just have okay. this thing where i get too invested in things like like and when they end i get really upset that they're over like the Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit because the very first TikTok I ever saw from you that came on my For You page that resonated with me like none other (laughs) was your, I think it's pinned, your first video. The one about the Harry Styles music video and how you were watching the newest Harry Styles music video with your current boyfriend. And he's like, wait, did you catch that jump at the end? Let's let's go back. I think you would like it. And he was like so into it because you were into it and understands you on that level of like knowing why you'd be into that and it's just like and then you said well it made me think back to a time two years ago when you were in your red relationship apparently and you tried to either watch the music video with a Harry Styles video with that past boyfriend and he was like not understanding it not getting it not caring about it typical guy stuff you know and god that resonated with me because I feel like I am attracted to traditionally masculine men That's what I'm just naturally attracted to. And traditionally masculine men do not have a lot of emotional capacity or emotional awareness or emotional intelligence because they either weren't brought up with it, they had nothing to emulate, or they just haven't chosen to work on that part of themselves, whatever the reason. Those two usually just don't go hand in hand as much. 
So that's where I run into troubles and things with my relationships. And this is where I was like, Ashley, we're getting vulnerable today because I want to talk about this. I feel like I have such an issue with like who I am constantly drawn to and who I'm attracted to and what I need out of a relationship. And what I need is that second guy that you're talking about, your current boyfriend, who like fully gets you and understands things, even if something as silly as a music video, a Harry Styles thing, like not only that he's just watching it because he knows it'll make you happy if you watch it together. It's a step farther than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying this. I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, do you... <laughs> No, really, I just was, it's an open decorum. Mike's yours, well, floor is yours. But it's what just... you want, I've heard this, we've talked about this 700 times, but what you want is a masculine man that under, has emotional depth. And I don't, yeah. I don't think that's impossible. So like, okay, what I think might make you laugh <laughs> and I, Please. it will make you, I, okay. So I dated a lot. Like I, I ended a three-year relationship at the beginning of 2021. And then the past year I've been like dating, but I haven't been a girlfriend. I've had a lot of like, I've gone on dates and then just not gone back because I have stopped talking to them. Um, just like having fun. And now I'm in a relationship. And the person who didn't make, who was rude about Harry Styles, um, everything I do in life, I see through the lens of Taylor Swift. I know that's problematic. It's just true. This is me. He was my Calvin Harris. He was so... He was so insignificant in my life that no song would be written about him. And he you forgot that he existed. I did. And he literally was, if you saw, I'll text you a picture of him. Actually, I don't even think I have any left on my phone because I've deleted them all. He was like so non-traditionally masculine looking, which is funny. And my high school boyfriend is very like, was very macho and very in touch with his emotions. Um, so that exists. And I think I hate, I don't know if you've gotten this feedback from people when people, this is, okay. People kept telling me, that they were like, you just don't know. Wait, you want the wrong thing. Let's reprogram you. And when I was like, you're right, I'm going after the wrong people. I ended in, in my three-year Calvin Harris relationship where I was like, oh, maybe it'll grow on me. But like, I don't like him. And at all, like in any, and he didn't like me. And so this is a long <laughs> way of saying, you have- Wait, how, how long was this relationship? Three years. Three years. Um, but this was the long way of saying, in my life, I think that you have to like, I looked at Taylor's discography and I think that a lot of the metaphors in like Daylight, which is like, I think the best song of all time, wouldn't, <laughs> totally. they wouldn't have stuck if you didn't really want Jake Gyllenhaal to be it. You, they wouldn't mm. have hit you if you weren't like, no, 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 I think I actually can do it. No one understands me. He's going to come back. Like you have to fully, and maybe this is just my like life thing. You have to fully want all the stages of your life for that other stage, like your Joe Alwyn to fit all those pieces. And so like, sometimes your Joe Alwyn is also the reason you relate to what read, like sometimes all of that grows. But I think that like knowing that what you want or what you need, because I think you can still want some, you can want a macho man to like connect to Harry like that. It's good because you're on the right path. And just, I think that's like a smart thing to be dating into. I mean, I have tried to date people I wasn't into and it's repulsive. You're right. You started this saying, obsessed with my boyfriend. God, but somehow I'm good at it. No, but it's, it's literally <laughs> repulsive how obsessed I am with my boyfriend. I like everything about him. Like, and I never thought I'd say that about someone. And so Yay. just like lean, I don't know, leaning into it's the smartest thing to do. I don't know. I like that you knew that what you want to need might be at odds, but don't. Like... It was just such a perfect metaphor. Yeah, I was thanks. like, wow, like a metaphor through Harry Styles music video. And on another note, because we're talking about Taylor and because we're talking about, you know, pop culture or things like that. I remember there was a girl who was like a friend adjacent to me. She wasn't my direct friend. I, but I knew her, her through a friend. I love that friend adjacent. adjacent. So knew her, whatever, knew kind of her story, but we weren't like close. 
she was talking about how she broke up with her boyfriend because he wouldn't watch the 10 minute all too well video with her. And I said, as you should. Yeah. And they've been dating for a long time. But to some people, they're like, that's freaking crazy. And of course, there was so many other things that like led up to that moment. And that was just the straw that broke the camel's back, Mm -hmm. really. But at the end of the day, it's like, if your person who's supposed to be your person can't even show up for you to like understand why you would want them to watch something, even if it seems silly to you, you might not even like Taylor Swift at all, but you can't give 10 minutes of your day. And that made me reflect on my own relationship. Like, wow, how lucky am I to even just have a person who cares about me enough to be like, you want me to watch this? Of course I'll watch this with you. I might not understand a single bit of it or like the relevance or the importance of it, but it'll make you happy and I'll watch it. And it's like, some people are just settling for so much. No, I think it can't. That's just the best friends. I think I'm supposed to be also, what is your sign, Ashley? I'm sorry. Now I'm feeling Libra makes perfect sense because Taurus and Libra are both ruled by (laughs) Venus. Mean. What does that mean? It makes perfect (laughs) sense. Oh, mean. Make it make sense. I've read the Libra thing. Also the Enneagram seven. And I, feel like I am both to an actual T, but why do you mean it makes sense? So I like am supposed to, I, I vibe with cancers really well. Cause like Taurus and cancer, I don't know, just for some reason have like sinistry as friends. And so I was going to say, um, Abby, your friendship, like being a friend to someone like is how you show up. And like my friends who can benefit me so much, like talk like that. You're like how, like everything matters. Of course, it wasn't just at all too well, like a relationship could end because because of so many things. And that was just the easiest thing to say. Like, I feel like cancers mm-hmm. intuitively understand what I'm trying to say. And Libra and Taurus are both ruled by Venus. So I think it's like, they're both really like friendships and love in different ways are really important to them. So like, I'm drawn to them as friends. And like, this is just such an easy convo. So I was like, oh, that makes how sense. do I show up for friends? We know that's how Abby shows up. How do I show up? Is that's why all three of us are, are yeah. immediate best friends. That's fine. Like, but how does a Libra show up for friends? A Libra is always the person that gets in, like that knows everyone. Like a, a Oh. A Libra knows everybody and anybody who is like a Libra rising. A connector, right? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to run for mayor one day yeah. of wherever I'm living when I'm 45. No, and you'll probably win. Like a Libras are always really fashionable. Like, they just like know everyone and they're always even if internally they're not, externally very calm. Like they're always like, yep, no, we're going to go be here at this time. And internally they're like, no one else figured this out but me. So if people don't show up, I'm going to flip it A little self-centered. I understand. But it's good. That's why I wanted you to tell me right now. I just wanted no, I to, like you it. to probably compliment me. <laughs> More words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, sorry. What did I redirect from? Like the Taylor Swift thing that like sometimes people will settle for a relationship in which somebody is not even interested in like the smallest thing about them. They should at least be excited to see you excited. It's like having your toddler. Oh and loving how excited they are about something and that's enough for you. I think some people, not to be bringing us back to like 10 years ago, but we accept the love we think we deserve, Perks of Being a Wallflower. It is so true. That is an evergreen statement. It is so many years later and it's still happening and it's so frustrating too again but it's it's everyone's own experience we cannot see the full picture this is like full circle back to what we started talking about there's all of those other things you what did you call it high level yeah it's like the cream on top of your coffee yeah the highest level insight when I broke up my three years sorry when I broke up my three-year thing people were like what like all my friends were like what do you mean and I'm like we're done and the amount of kickback I got from that decision people like but, 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 but you looked so happy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, as a person. Of course. Nobody wants to project that they're freaking depressed. Yeah. And I'm like, you caught me. T- thank you. And I'm like, you talked to me twice in three years. Like, 
two times in three years, you people talk on social media all the time. And the bigger a creator, I think the more often they're like, you only know three minutes of my life. Everyone who interacts with social media, you only know what they post on Instagram. How many times have you posted on Instagram or done something and then 10 minutes later, like all the feelings you're feeling are valid, but people just draw assumptions about your life. You know, it's just like crazy time to me. But now that you're happy and in love, have you gone to your best friends that were there for your three-year relationship and talked to And have they been like, we could tell that you were so unhappy? Um, Yeah. So I think, great question. When I ended the three-year relationship, I, when I was in it, really isolated from all my friends and family because I knew that it wasn't it. <laughs> Red flag. Yeah. Self-sabotaging. Yeah. And it was also like, but a lot of people, when I ended it, they were like, we weren't that surprised. Like my best friend from college and I hadn't like, well, we always talk like all the time. And I remember Brianna being like, I wasn't surprised. Um, but the best compliment I think I can get and I've gotten from my boyfriend's friends and family is that I seem more myself than I've ever seemed. And like, that's really cool. Mm. Like my boyfriend told me the other day that his mom, cause we, like I met his parents and I went to California and his mom was like, you've seemed like, so you with her. And like, it just was like, I could cry. I was like, that's so kind. Cause I feel like that's the coolest thing that someone be in your life and just bring out who you are you know you shouldn't have to be anyone else you know but and it's also that comfortability level too of just being able to be 100% authentically yourself and something that we've categorized men as over the years are drinks that you can find at a bar such oh, as oh that's how we like to so this is like Abby, how we, this is, uh, I'll take this it is our gauge so Abby um like as a serial dater, <laughs> Abby, <laughs> Abby is a serial dater. And back when all of our best friends used to live together, she had a boy come and stay with us, which was out of pocket. And we well, were like, "Is he going to kill us?" So we had to I know, but us. still, he they had never met in person, and we were like, "This man's going to kill us in our sleep." Me and India, my best for our best friend, we were sharing a room for like that week. It was summertime, and we were like, "Let's lock the doors tonight." <laughs> and the first night, we were like, "Let's lock the doors." He looked like. Well, me, me and India are so small. He looked like Abby could probably break him like a twig. Like he wasn't totally. like, he couldn't chop a tree down. Oh, but no. we still were like, let's lock the doors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we just did not vibe with him. And even our nicest, kindest fr- uh, girlfriends that like won't make mean jokes ever. They were like, this is not it. Like he, er, and he was nice. But we were like, he sucks. It's totally just like, it's nice. not it. He couldn't have been nicer. <laughs> but we were like, he, <laughs> he just is not it in every way shape and form and I'm like I don't understand because again this is back to me putting everyone I like on a pedestal and seeing the best in everyone so like not being so hypercritical of it because I'm in the middle of it like I can't get perspective and I'm like what do you guys mean like he's so nice he treats me so well he treats you guys so well he did you tell her when you were dating when they were dating oh yeah yeah Yeah. they told me so he and one day also he brought us like I don't like that no 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 it's (laughs) Abby doesn't have siblings and I don't know we're all just like too close it's okay you made a lot of sense as soon as you said that never mind when you're here your family like trying to protect each other yeah not come to me and like attack I was like wait you guys like what's going on like other friends in our group we wouldn't tell this to Abby is someone that we would tell seem to to know each other really well and also when you live too well it's too intimate that was funny I when I ended my my red thing it was a guy I literally (laughs) talked to for a month my my one of my best my best friend from college. Her name is Brianna. She's awesome. You can keep her name in there. Shout out like. Brianna. I hope you're listening. Well, because she's the cutest dance mom on planet Earth. Literally on planet Earth. And she'll be like, I saw your like. It's annoying. Like she's the cutest person. She's a professor. She's really smart. She's awesome, and I love her. We lived together for four years, and I had a bit oh. a bit of a meltdown about a boy in front of some of my high school friends, and some of them were like, "You acted out of character, like wild." And Brianna was like. 
I've lived with Catherine and this is very on par for her because if you live with somebody, you know, yeah. at the level, you that, know. That's, that's a family comment. Sorry, but that's funny. <laughs> right. Saying. Yeah. So we've been living together for months at this point. <laughs> yeah. And so Abby walks back in from dropping him off at the airport and she's like, so what do you guys think? And we all look at each other and we practiced also every single night when you guys weren't around, we would practice. Here's how we're going to say we hate him. Here's how we're going to do it. And so she walks in and she was like, how do you want him? Like, what do you guys think? And we we're like, you want us to be honest? And you were like, yeah. And we were like, honestly, Abby, you're champagne, you're sparkly, you're fun, you're celebratory, you're the life of the party. And this guy, this kid, which is funny because he's not a bad guy at all. No, just not but hers. this kid, it's just a house beer. You go, you're like, what's on the menu? What's the cheapest? And like, that seems easy. Like, I don't feel this way or that way. I'm very wishy-washy. I'll have the house beer. And a house beer just can't end up with the champagne. You no. are so cute, literally. So start like using that if you're, if you drink or we yeah. drink or you love the bottle and start using it. <laughs> but what does end up with the champagne? Like a refined whiskey? What what ends up with the champagne? We don't know. My best friend, Brianna, and I, I know. we always do a, we, she, okay, my, in college, so we were in the same sorority too. Her big used to say, Brianna, you are a ping pong ball and you end up with your cup of water. And I know that's annoying because oh. it's beer pong, mm. but we've always thought that she's like, you end up with somebody who is more fun when you're together mm not someone who dulls the ping pong ball, but like the point is getting it in. Like the point, well, that, well, 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 I guess it is. Actually, I guess it is. Slow clap. Honestly, thank you for that. I literally, me, but yeah, you are champagne. That's such a cute way of putting that's so true. You're like, you're so incredible. Yeah, as a friend. The cancer in me also when they were like, you're champagne, you are. you're the life of the party, you're sparkly. I was like literally about to cry. Just give me two seconds. I need to go in the bathroom and shed some tears. Literally. Like I can't handle the niceness right now, but thanks guys. That's Please. true. And at my Calvin hair, I, your house of beer is what I call Calvin Harris. Like I'm like always yeah. that album. And so my ex who was my Calvin, I just like refer to him as Calvin and I'm like just so insignificant that you just didn't it's so funny it's so it's so insignificant he doesn't even get his own name he gets a character name yeah Calvin. literally I'm like yeah, he gets he's a character in his own life literally but yeah <laughs> champagne that's so cute I don't know what my boyfriend is uh, he's something though that's so funny when you figure it out let us know I will but yeah, I'm definitely obsessed with him online it's very funny that's kind of like a fun dichotomy because meeting his friends and family <laughs> people are like oh so you have a podcast I'm like Yep. And they're like, so You're like, yep, don't listen. You know, <laughs> people are really, like, his family's so kind and like the cutest people on earth. And like, it just feels so different with him and his dad, we were at dinner and his dad is the cutest person on planet earth. I literally want to squeeze him and put him in my pocket and like laminate him and literally bring him around with me. Like, <laughs> did, you say, did you say laminate? I do. I had like, <laughs> I literally flashed Stanley. Like I wanted that with his dad. His, that's how I feel. So my boyfriend's dad met me and he was like, so I listened to your podcast and I was like, this is literally the worst thing you could ever tell me. You're like, Oh dear God, no, please. But um, I wish I would could laminate you and you listen to my podcast. I literally, my I'm like, I want to break you into pieces. <laughs> like you're the cutest thing on earth. <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, funny with that. Anyway, that's so sweet. That's such a sweet yeah. metaphor. I'm going to start using it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Start, start running with that one. Please do. I will. This is, you guys have such a good podcast. This is like so fun. I think sometimes online we all like to talk about like, uh, finality makes us feel comfortable but you know ending a relationship was like a breeze for me after that because that decision was really hard to make and then I was like oh I'm free and so now I started an MBA program and it's currently not really like it's just really overwhelming and I really like my podcast and I'm doing this cool stuff so I'm taking some the summer off and it was hard I had dinner with I had lunch with my dad today and there was just like a great opportunity in California that opened up and my lease is ending in June and the opportunity is until September like to live with this girl I know um and I'm taking it and my parents were like like I'm from Massachusetts. And I was like, 
yeah, like I figured this all out. And it's like, cool, because I'm really excited about it. And I also think it's funny because we talk about being excited about things, but it was still hard to notice that they were like sad and nervous for me. So like life, you never get to a point in life where you're not making tough decisions. You just get prepared to make them. You know, I guess that's what I wanted to say. That could have been a whole episode itself. Right decision there. fatigue. Decisions, this, decisions. This is so dumb. Every day. I think we've covered so many amazing topics today. There's a lot to unpack here and I do plan on unpacking it with you on another episode if you are willing... If if you're so willing to come on. But I think now is the time when we just kind of lay it all out there. What is the, one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received or advice that you think is just really pertinent to know in your 20s that you'd like to share with our audience kind of to close us out? Just one really good solid nugget of wisdom. Oh my gosh, so great. And it's funny, today, one month from today, I'll be 27. So it's like funny thinking about it. If I could only give one piece of advice to someone in my 20s, it would be that the greatest love story of your life is between you and every single version of who you are. And right now, you're the youngest version that you will ever be. And so tomorrow, you're going to discover versions of yourself that might look different than this version, but every version of who you are like lives within you and every single version of who you are, regardless of what you believe in religiously or anything, was... uh, kind of beat a lot of odds to be alive. So like get to know that person because that person's pretty cool. If I were in a more vulnerable state right now, I would have actually started (laughs) crying. And if I, like right now, I think I'm okay. Like I haven't cried in the car lately. But like if I were in a more vulnerable state, I could start crying. And I actually am going to say it now. I would like our next episode together to be on a deeper dive into the deeper versions of you. Oh my God, can we please do that? Pocket that. I will. Wrote that to the side. Write it down. I was um, Thank you. I yeah. ADHD. I'm not I was going to ask what I know that you're in love right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe excusing this current state. What was your favorite year in your 20s? Every year, like the year that you're currently in. I think the past year of my life of 2021 was the I was the most proudest of, and I think I'm. I think that's something you work on as you get older because there's so many trends on TikTok being like. <laughs> as it was, which is like cute. And people are like, this is what I look like back on. I was so ugly and weird. I love it so good. But um, loving every version of me is something I'm working on now, which is cool because meeting my boyfriend, Nick, he like, and he's like said his name (laughs) again. I'm like, like, oh, we got a name drop. And people are like, Catherine, (laughs) calm down. But Nick sees me. I was saying this the other day in like therapy that I was like, he, I don't know why I whispered that. Nick sees me (laughs) for all versions of me. And it's made me love those versions of me too, even the versions I was embarrassed of. But probably mm. uh, the past 26 is pretty great. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a wall. Um, I'm sorry. I, you should be so excited for 27. Ever since I was a child, probably from like all the movies where I'm, you're a magazine editor, totally. 27 has always been they my always the year are. I'm most excited for. Yeah, they 27 has been when I picture myself 100%. being like single, living in New York. I'm, I'm never going to move to New York City. But like single and living in New York City and like but maybe like dating someone and just like having so much fun at 27. Mm-hmm. So you should have a really good birthday party. Thanks. I want to. I, I actually, that's so funny. I remember Caitlin Bristow, which is the only season of The Bachelorette I've ever watched, saying that. She, well, it's the only one you need to because she's the best. best. She <laughs> auditioned. She's like, my life changed at 27. That's when I was The Bachelorette. And I remember I think everyone's that. life changes at 27. And they change every day. Like, I think just when you get That's to true. that later 20s, it's fun. But um, 23 is fun. And also remember that you there is, abs- if I can add another nugget, there's absolutely nothing on this earth that you can do wrong if you're staying true to who you are. Like, you're not doing anything mm-hmm. wrong at 23. You're doing exactly what you should be doing right now. And you guys are really impressive for doing this. Like, this is very impressive to me. So 
I'm proud. Well, really? Yeah. Because it's just me and Abby on the phone, but we happen to be recording and I'm making new friends. <laughs> I know, so I'm so excited. <laughs> um, okay. Time for the most important question of all. We already know you're taking over our platform. So what are some other podcasts and books that you can recommend that you think people would benefit from? Or just fiction too, like just silly fun ones. Okay. Like it could be anything. Yeah. Okay, great question. I don't, this is unlikable, but I'm like, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, because um, I do like, so when I had podcasts, I think she's still doing it. Megan Ranks has a podcast, Don't Blame Me, where she has her friend Melissa on. And I, I just am really curious about advice and it's like cool advice. Um, I, the only podcast I've ever listened to every single episode of when I was listening to it was the bitch Bible by, with Jackie Schimmel. Um, people love that one. I really ride for her and she just was really inspirational to me. Like I thought she was so cool and she still is to me. I still follow her. Uh, the can confirm that don't blame me is still going. They had an episode four days ago. Thank you. Thank God we have a fact checker, like write a newspaper. Thank you. I'm trying (laughs) to look at my books. My favorite book I've ever read in my life was driven to distraction by Dr. Hallowell, which is by the way, such a geeky answer. Cause I'm like, it's a diagnostic manual of ADHD made me feel very seen. Suggest most people read it. It's like written by like, um, cases, or if you've ever been diagnosed with ADHD, it can make you feel seen, especially women are like very underdiagnosed. So you tend to find out in your twenties and then you feel alone. And the best book, Okay, sorry. The last thing I'll say is um, I know it's written by a man and they're probably better ones, but I read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck when I graduated college. I read it five times and I gave it to my brother when he turned 23 and it was really helpful for me. I don't like love every chapter of it, but that was good. Um, And I think the most important thing you can do at any stage of life is spend time with yourself and not to be against all of us in media. I think like the time you spend going on dates with yourself and listening to music that you like and driving and getting like takeout mm-hmm. is the most fun. So that's kind of what I spend a lot of time doing. And that's it. Amazing. <laughs> okay. Now is also our other favorite part. Pimp yourself out. Where can they find you? Where can they find your podcast? Where can they follow along your amazing journey? You're so kind. Um, my podcast is called Dive In with Exo Swimmer Girl Exo. It's on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Uh, get it? Because I swim. Yeah, You're like, eh. Uh, my TikTok is Exo Swimmer Girl Exo. And my Instagram is <laughs> Exo Swimmer Girl Exo underscore because whoever has Exo Swimmer Girl Exo is a, you should buy it. I ha- don't know how to because I've been DMing this person, Delaney, who has not posted in, by the way, like 10 years for the at. And Delaney, if you're listening, you're not, but give her the handle. Please. She deserves it. But yeah, maybe. she works hard for the money. I am for that. But yeah, no, that's it. I just started dancing. I'm so glad you don't record it for that reason. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I wrote. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I want to come back. This is like, you guys are so this cute. This is one of my favorite conversations we've ever had. I feel like we have just do- dove in, dove in. Dove? I, and then it's like, dive in. I don't even know, right? Dived. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's dove. We've gone through so many different avenues today and I feel like I've had whiplash and I need to come back and listen to this episode probably a hundred times to be able to get all of the good nuggets of wisdom out of there but it's been so nice and it's been great meeting you thank you so much for coming on and we cannot wait to have you on again in the future i can't wait to come on again and i can't wait we gotta facetime all three of us soon because you guys are gonna keep me young next week okay yeah literally i seriously (laughs) but yeah thanks it's been the pleasure has been mine so thank you